and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. Hey. So today I have a really interesting topic that I wanted to bring up and chat about. And I think this has come to light in my Women in the Business Arena group, Facebook group. If you're not in it, you should come into it. Um, We were the other day talking about some different things and it was really interesting because a lot of people brought up the topic of procrastination. They labeled sort of what their challenges or what they would like to get rid of or overcome as procrastination. But I have a really different viewpoint of procrastination. I actually don't like that word. I think it's a label we give to things um, that's very negative connotation. I actually also think it's sexist and we'll talk about that. But yeah, I I just thought it would be really cool because a lot of women label themselves as procrastinators. And is it really procrastination? Mm, I'm curious about this topic and especially I'm um, curious to hear about your ideas on um, how it's sexist. That that fascinates me. Um, I've definitely been someone who has identified my perfectionistic tendencies um, as something that creates delays in my delivery. And I love Brene Brown's reference to this. So I identify, she says that she's a recovering perfectionist and an aspiring good enoughist. And I stand in that line. That's, that's yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I think, and I think this is the problem with the word procrastination, like the, the word itself. I mean, the definition of the word is like the action of delaying or postponing something. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's very neutral, right? As far as the definition goes. But what I don't like is the connotation of procrastination. Like for the most part, most people look at it as negative, right? Have you ever sort of looked at procrastination as a positive thing, Laura? Mm, no. Yeah. I've always been told that was bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this idea of delaying or postponing something is bad. Like we're, we're procrastinators. That's a negative psychological viewpoint. Like we shouldn't be procrastinators. We should really work on that and heal that and change that. And so I find that's really interesting because the neutral actual definition has like taken on this very negative connotation. And what's happened is that a lot of women are going past their capacity. They're not listening to their intuition. They're not listening to signs that things are misaligned. There's all these things where procrastination as it's labeled is actually something that's quite good. And yet we're always trying to bypass it. We're always trying to heal it, fix it, change it. Yes. This is another symptom of our world that's on fast forward, right? Yep. <laughs> that, that values the momentum 
of action and movement, but very rarely celebrates the work of sitting with and being with and possibly reflecting upon going backwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so often, like, you know, if you take one, any of my clients who are experiencing what they would term procrastination, what I'm always looking for is why, like, what is really the diagnosis of that procrastination? Like, why are they delaying something? Is it because they have a mindset block? Well, that might be. And then there's something to sort of work with and look at. But also it can be because you're misaligned as an example. So you don't want to go forward with momentum and action when something is misaligned. It's like it's broken. It's not congruent. It's not working for you. And all that's going to create is more stress and more struggle in the future. So it's like sometimes it's misaligned. Sometimes our intuition is telling us to postpone something because it's not quite right yet. Sometimes we're in a cyclical you know, stage where we need to slow down and we need to stop and we need to rethink things or we need to pivot or we just need self-care. And so I think all of those things are lumped into this procrastination instead of really honoring our cyclical nature and honoring our processes and honoring what we need and the signs that are showing us not to move forward. Mm, I love this reminder because as you're talking, it's making me realize that that need for forward momentum has been at the sort kind of has been at the crux of what's stressing me out right now because I have a lot of big (laughs) decisions that I need to make and there's a lot of information coming in and I've been feeling this pressure to make these decisions quickly it feels as if um, money may be lost or opportunities might be lost if I'm not able to act decisively. And yes, that's true to some extent in business. There are windows of time where you may just really need to make a decision and, um, and, and you kind of know that intuitively. But as you're talking, I'm realizing that there's a more of an inner dialogue that's wrestling with my intuition, like the inner dialogue saying like, you need to just move on this. You need to get clear. You need to figure this out. And my intuition is saying, Like it's not yet time. You're still processing and there's still more information to come and you just got to get comfortable with that. Yeah. And this is like, there's so many pieces to this topic because it's really about how we railroad over our um, knowing and our intuition and our wise self. Cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And so we railroad over it to control it because we're trying to like, you know, basically live up to somebody else's ideas, expectations, concepts, societal demands, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, it's taken me a long time to really accept the cyclical nature in myself because outwardly everybody wants you to go, 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 go. And, and so, you know, recently I've talked a lot about sort of my integration and some things that have been happening and some of the transformations I've had and, you know, struggles. Like it's like over the last couple of months, there's been quite a lot of interesting challenges and lots of integration. And so, you know, really I slow down. Like I, allowed myself to not be focused as much on sales, to not be focused as much on leads, to not, to just slow down my income generation. And I think that that for me felt right and, and 
you know, exactly what I needed to integrate to move to that next level of where I'm going in my business, to move to this next step up. And I think we don't give ourselves permission for that. Most people would label what I was going through as procrastination. You know, some of the things that I had originally intended, some of the plans I'd made, you know, were just not the right time just didn't feel right to do them. It's like I had resistance, so I didn't put attention on them, right? I could have pushed myself through, made myself take action, you know, went for it, but it wouldn't have been the right timing. And now, you know, what I really can say is having moved through that experience, I'm coming out of it like a cocoon where I've got more energy, I'm more focused, I'm in more action, and I'm moving to a much different space in my mindset. And I think this is what we just don't give ourselves enough time for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I recently heard an entrepreneur um, sharing a tip that he started using in his life to take back his time and like feel like he wasn't on somebody else's schedule. And he simply doesn't schedule out um, on his calendar past a few weeks. Um, He tries to do everything like pretty present moment, which sounds crazy. I mean, it just sounds wild to me. I'm just like, I don't know how I would do that because I'm thinking all the different things I put on my schedule. But it was interesting to reflect on even just being okay with not being so available on other people's because his point was like, I'm just, I don't want to be on everyone else's timetable. I just want to be with serendipity, like what, what presents, who shows up, like what's going on kind of more in this present moment. And so I don't know if I could do it, but it inspired me, right. To think, Hmm, how can I be more mindful of trusting what the divine timing is and, um, and I'm actually reading a book called the surrender experiment and it kind of brings up like the life, the flow of life brings you certain opportunities. And even if you, you know, not sure about it, you may have some resistance, like what happens if you just meet the flow? Well, procrastination and our idea about what should and shouldn't be doing is actually kind of going against divine timing. Wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, we're not not really going with the flow. We're not really trusting the universe or not or God or whatever your higher power is. You're not really having faith in that um, timing. Yes. And it's interesting that you brought this up, Laura, because this is exactly how I deal with my schedule. Like I don't plan anything ahead. I pretty much you know, schedule clients and different things over the next week or two. I don't allow anyone to schedule in my calendar past the next two weeks. And Okay, so you're doing it. I'm doing it. Yes, (laughs) and and I've designed my program in that way as well, that my clients, there's no sort of set schedule. I don't meet with my clients every week. I really deal with where they are in the moment. So every week I'm looking at my clients to see, okay, what do they need this week? Do they need a session? Do they need an email? Do they need... like where are they at and what will progress them right now in this moment? Because the truth is like we can plan until the cows come home, right? But the, we're not allowing for where we are right now. So sometimes clients need space. 
And sometimes they need sessions and sometimes just an email will do. And, and so I'm not tying myself to anything too far ahead and I'm not letting my clients tie themselves to too much ahead either. And I think this is the beauty of the feminine and the, in like a totally different way to operate our businesses is making sure that we're taking into account how we're feeling, where we are. So, you know, if next week I feel like, oh, I'm going to, I really need some space. This week is too tight. Then I can actually just schedule in space for myself on certain days so that I don't have to worry about filling all that time up with clients. Mm, Yeah. I I do really love the scheduling out time for self. That has been something I've started noticing not to put too many things in one week. So I'm still scheduling out a bit further than two weeks. So that'll be my new goal. But my, um, yeah, my good thing that I'm doing is that I'm really trying to put in time for self-care. And like the other day I had a, um, you know, just a day that kind of ended up being an open work day where I could choose to work on, um, administrative tasks or some communication, but I didn't have any scheduled meetings. And I just spontaneously called up, um, the, the woman who is the massage therapist next to me in my co-working space and got a 45 minutes, slipped into her schedule for 45 minutes. And, you know, I was like, this was the best use of my day. Yeah. Like it really was. It was, there was more that I was able to process and accomplish in that 45 minutes on a massage table than I would have gotten done if I would have dug into my emails. So interesting how in the past I would have really felt more guilt and thought that I was procrastinating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what I see all these people doing is that, you know, they come up and they're like, oh, I procrastinated. I didn't get this done. And I'm like, hmm, was it actually procrastination or did there was there just another priority? Right. Was there just something else that your body needed or something else that you needed? Or was your, you know, higher self or wise self or however you want to label it? Was it telling you that, you know, that direction or that action wasn't in right timing? See, this is this brings up just a whole nother perspective on procrastination. I do think that at times we can be resisting something like, so we're not actually engaging or dealing with sort of our resistance or our blocks. And then that procrastination becomes, you know, not helpful. But I think in general, procrastination more often than not is signaling for us to stop, slow down, take account for what's here, figure out, you know, why we're feeling the slowdown. You know, is it a misalignment? Is it, you know, resistance or a mindset block? Is it just that we need self-care? care. Like, I think we have to look at it in a totally different way. I think the procrastination itself is always a good thing. It's always good to delay something if we're not a hundred percent sure about it. Even if there's a mindset block, well, then that mindset block has to be handled. But the procrastination itself is a signal to us to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And always to dig behind that, like you said, somebody's like, yeah, I'm procrastinating. It's like, well, what are you doing instead? Because is that real procrastination or maybe what you're doing is, is what you truly need. (laughs) That's, that's what your body's telling you, or that's what your intuition is telling you. And it's interesting how it is much more challenging to give ourselves that permission to do a, a, you know, to take that yoga class, to just go for that walk and or go just sip our tea and coffee quietly in a coffee shop that we like like those little things 
as soon as we feel like we're doing it for um, some sort of indulging or indulging ourselves, we completely like minimize its value. And we often shortchange that experience because we're like, I need to get back to my laptop. I need to get those, I need to get those emails, I need to get this, I need to get that. And I wish that we could just flip the script on that all together, that we would just praise one another, you know, great job. Like, oh, that's so wonderful that you took that yoga class instead of being like, oh, are you procrastinating on something? I mean, cause we do it to each other too. I hear people jokingly, you know, be like, oh, what are you procrastinating on now? <laughs> You know? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that if we, it's just, it is about honoring it and we have to start with ourselves because I think yeah. that, you know, beating ourselves up. And this is the challenge is that sometimes the procrastination is really good. And it means we're, you know, listening to something. It means that we're not following through with something that's misaligned, but then the way that we treat ourselves around it almost negates all the positiveness of it, right? Because it's yeah. like, you know, we, we should be appreciating our body or our mind or whatever it is that has created the procrastination and be like, yes, amazing. Thank you for signaling me. Thank you for reminding me. But instead we're like, gosh, you did it again. You're such a procrastinator. You're so lazy. Like what's wrong with you? And I think, you know, this is what we have to really shift and change. We need to honor ourselves in every yeah. part of our cycle. Yes, yes. And changing that perception um, of ourselves and realizing that there is a gift in that um, that procrastination, probably. What is it signaling to you? What is it that you needed to know? And, and that takes that change in perception, takes a mindset shift to realize that there are um, constantly things that are that we're choosing to do. And instead of judging, um, if we can remain, one of my, my most favorite tools is remaining curious. And mm. you talk about curiosity a lot yes. with your clients, right? So yep. instead of, can you just suspend that judgment mm. when it's, when that harsh inner critic decides it's going to say, gosh, you're doing it again. You're so lazy. And just to suspend that and be like, oops, I was about to criticize, but I'm going to pull back here and I'm going to be curious. Why am I choosing? to do this other thing? And why is it so hard to let myself do it without wanting to be critical? Wonder why, right? And you start down that curiosity. Um, and this is where it's helpful sometimes to have someone to dialogue with that can kind of help you see past your blind spots. Because I think that for those of us who've done a certain amount of internal work, we come up against um, block sometimes where we can get so far with it and then we can't see it. We're like, I don't know. This is where I get to every time. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Um, and this is where it's helpful to kind of pull in a mentor or a coach or a therapist or someone to be like, okay, this is this reoccurring thing that keeps happening. And I'm really practicing a lot of curiosity and compassion, but I can't quite get around it. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because what I find is that like, I'm really good at diagnosing, right? What's happening because I think we label everything, you know? So, so for instance, we just lump everything with procrastination or we lump everything with mindset or we like whatever. And sometimes there's very differing degrees of what's happening. So it's like, I like to go in and diagnose, you know, is that uh, resistance to creating something? Is it because it's misaligned? 
Like that's totally different than if you have a mindset block. Mindset block, you want to move through. Uh, a misalignment, you don't want to move through. You want to honor. And so, yeah. you, know, all, you know, there's there's all these things that we have to sort of diagnose and look at. And it does require that curiosity. And it is helpful to have someone in your court who is curious, who, who doesn't judge, you know, procrastination. Again, this is why I think it's so important. Um, and sadly, there's not enough sort of women mentors, women, business people operating in the feminine. So it's really challenging, but I think we need more women who are uh, holding that space and not creating the same judgment. Cause I know a lot of women coaches, you know, business coaches who are just operating like men, like they're, they would look at procrastination and push you through it. They would look at procrastination and think, yeah, you're just, um, you're just having problems. Like you just are a procrastinator. You need to get your ass moving. Like, you know, let's go, let's go. Like there's still that perspective from so many women because they're not honoring their own procrastination. And so I think that, you know, this is, this just something we have to talk about and shift because it's, it's just not really, um, looked at and talked about and, and honored. And, and this is one of the reasons why I said that procrastination, I think is sexist, the connotation of it. If you look at it, it's really interesting. I don't know about your experience, Laura, but in my life and experience, I know far more women who perceive themselves as procrastinators and define themselves that way than men. And I also see that most of those women who define themselves as procrastinators had a man in their life, whether it was their father or some you know, prominent man in their life that labeled what they did as procrastination. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, th- it's very much from that masculine lens. It's like we are looking at feminine traits and saying it's procrastination and labeling it with this negative connotation. And I know that happened to me. Like, I was a very feminine child, still have a lot of feminine energy. You know, I wanted to to play and be and like I didn't want to always just follow through what everybody wanted me to do. And, you know, there was all these times that I was labeled if I didn't, you know, take action, if I didn't do exactly what everyone wanted to do, if I wasn't the highest achiever, I was a procrastinator. And I was always thinking like, okay, so that must mean the only value is to be a high achiever, right? To get, you know, A plus plus, to get everything, to get all the scores, to do amazing at academics and amazing at anything I tried. And like, it's all about that. And so for so long, I denied my nature and I was misaligned with myself, you know, and, you know, I was constantly labeled as a procrastinator. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And it it is because I can see how that lens, like it's such a masculine um, lens to see any type of um, delay in the processing of something as being not good enough, not quite up to par. And we do that with, um, so, you know, men and women who are um, very quick to yield results and analyze and be logical and put the, you know, one plus one equals two and squared and all of the physics and everything into it. (laughs) Like those people are rewarded in our culture. They're rewarded by that type of father figure. They're rewarded by authority figures. Um, Those that are um, men and women who've gone through, uh, you know, many will tell you they've gone through the public education system and in many places, especially here in the States, if they were the more creative child, they were the sensitive child, if they had more feminine learning qualities, um, regardless of whether they were a boy or girl, they were 
you know, quickly judged as being the daydreamer, the um, overly sensitive one, the, the procrastinator, because they were being with their learning. They're just taking longer to be with it. And they're often the really brilliant creative minds that go on to launch the next, you know, be the next Steve Jobs or something, you know, but, um, but we don't really think of it um, in a positive way. Like you're saying, we don't think about these. And I'm, I'm feeling that I'd like to just start reframing more of my own processing as as that creative um, thinking and problem solving. I'm not quite ready to do that. I'm not quite ready because it's still uh, percolating. And I think that I've definitely grown up in a environment in which I was told that that was procrastinating. Mm, totally. And, and, you know, I think I, this just gets into so many pieces of, like you said, how we process, like I know sometimes I'm a quick decision maker, right? Like I feel something, it feels right. I decide like that's quick. Other things I need to feel into for long periods of time. And I, I'm comfortable doing that without so much definition, but I find like, say my husband or the men around me, they want me, they want definitive answers. Well, give me a definitive answer. Well, I don't have a definitive answer for you. You know, like I need to percolate as you said. And so sometimes then people can perceive it as procrastination. Like I'm not taking action. I'm not making concrete decisions. I'm not making decisions fast. Well, that's right. Because some decisions require me me to really feel into so that I know they're right and they're sustainable and they're not just a quick fix or a quick decision that I made because someone pressured me to be quick. It's like, I need to feel into the different aspects of it. I need to feel into what will fit. I need to feel into what all the options are. And I think when we're moving into a lot of unknowns, you know, women need to percolate and I'm sure men do as well, but we're not given the permission to do it. And that's what we need to talk about is that sometimes procrastination is like our need to percolate, our need to sit with things, and we need permission to do it. Mm, yes. And oh my goodness, something that just landed for me as well, as you were talking about like other people's expectations is that my tendency to be a people pleaser means that I also get frustrated by my own need for delay or to think process or percolate because I feel the pressure to give people answers, to give people what they're looking for. And I'm often feeling, because I realize like I have such an interesting relationship to my email. <laughs> like I'm analyzing psychologically. I'm like, why is this so stressful? Like, why is my inbox so stressful? Because every day I get questions. Can you do this? Will you allow this? You know, will you host this? Will you do this? Will you say yes to that? I mean, it's just always, will you say yes? <laughs> will you give me energy? And I don't always know. I don't know in that moment. Like, I need to see how I feel tomorrow. I need to take some time. And, and so it's just interesting that this people pleasing is what causes me, though, to then say yes too often. Um, yes, I'll do that because I feel the pressure to not procrastinate. You're, you're going to feel that there's something wrong with your request. You're going to feel like I'm not going to fulfill your request, right? So I start worrying about their perception of my delayed 
percolation. So I provide an answer that's not always really in my best interest. It was like a knee jerk uh, to please and to give that person an answer that they were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this, yeah, yeah. This, this is a good piece of this topic as well, because I think a lot of women feel pressured to give answers. They feel pressured to make decisions. They feel pressured to have to fulfill other people's expectations. Their value issues come up and then they feel like they have to give everything to their clients. These are all things that, you know, don't allow us the space and the time and the, you know, and it's just so interesting because I think, yeah. It, and I see this as well in terms of um, the people-pleasing behavior, right? Because I find that, you know, even some of my clients go backwards after my program. Like, it's like they um, are moving this direction where there's more alignment, there's more space, there's more sort of allowing of healthy procrastination. And then all of a sudden they get out and they get pressured from other people to be something different, to do something more, to make more money, to go, you know, and all of that goes backward in, in terms of that people pleasing. And they actually lose sense of their space, lose sense of alignment, lose sense of where they're going. And it's all, yeah, all that people pleasing behavior. And I think, you know, it's what most of us, it, you know, I think subscribe to on some level. If we are caring people, if we haven't become, you know, more egotistically selfish, then in general, we're often people pleasers. And so I think this is something that we really need to be aware of because if we're not giving ourselves that permission to procrastinate because we're trying to people please and make sure no one judges us for procrastination, then we're often railroading over what is best for us. And I think that is what's so important to acknowledge because what I see is women making the wrong decisions for themselves out of that fear of being labeled as a procrastinator. And so they're railroading over their truth. They're railroading over their real alignment, their authentic self, their wisdom in order to just meet someone else's needs and make sure they're not judged. Yeah. Yeah. And then this other layer of that for me is that the people pleasing is that, yes, I'm worried that they're going to perceive that I'm procrastinating, but it's because I also worry about how that will make them feel about themselves. Oh no, they're going to feel rejected. Oh no, I need to caretake about their rejected feelings. And I need them to know they're really important to me. And right now this delayed response. So like I do the care, the people pleaser caretaking you know, I'm already concerned five steps ahead about how they're going to respond to a to my procrastination. And that's something that I'm just realizing now um, has been fueling, kind of fueling that pattern for me. Um, and I'm going to change it. And, you know, I think what I'm going to do now is start spe- being transparent about that. So somebody's going to email me. They're going to want to ask me for something. And I'm going to say, I am going to take some time to think this over because what you've asked sounds really important to you. And I also think that it could be important to me and I want to take some time with it. I don't know. It's like, I don't even tell, I don't have to give people answers, but could we give people more, um, acknowledgement, acknowledgement of what we're doing that educating people about, I don't, um, I'm always inspired by people that may write back something that says, you know, I don't make these types of decisions um, in less than 24 hours. So I'm going to sit with that and I'm going to get back to you by the end of the week. Or that always inspires me when I mm. see other people do it. 
but yet I have this hard time of giving myself permission <laughs> because I, I worry that they're going to need, you know, that answer right away or, or otherwise they'll think that I don't want to collaborate with them or they're going to, you know, and that's all of my people pleasing and caretaking that I'm working on recovering from. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I think we have to look at you know, if we want to operate our businesses in a way that's more aligned with us, it's more authentic, it's more sustainable. Like you're going to be going against the current, against the stream. So if you look at the way business moves, the way the business environment moves, the business arena, social media, everything functioning around business at this moment moves toward movement, momentum, fast paced, quick, quick answers, quick fixes, like keep going, 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 going until burnout. Like that's the way the current's flowing. You can easily get swept up in that. And that's what we have to begin to look at. When do we get swept up in it and honoring that? We, to go into slowness, to go into more deliberateness, to go into self-care, to allow ourselves cycles and, and space and to, to do things from a completely different perspective, you're going to be swimming against the current. And I think that's what makes it hard. Like sometimes we're so afraid of not being accepted, right? Of not belonging, of not, you know, that piece of ourselves is so there that we we, we sometimes just let go of our truth and we flow back into the stream. We flow back into the current. And I'm not saying it's easy to go against the current, but I think what we have to become aware of is that that is what you have to do to create sustainability. That is what you have to do to be in alignment with yourself. And this will create your greatest success. I promise. It's just, you know, hard. Oh, I... So appreciate that reminder, Sonia, because I noticed that I've noticed in my own life that when I'm reminded that what I'm choosing to do for me as an entrepreneur, I'm wanting to disrupt an existing dialogue. Like I went into creating a business to act, to be an activist for something different and to disrupt the norm and we forget sometimes that that, I think then we get caught up in um, all of the social norms and the customer service expectations and the social media messages. And we get caught up in trying to make sure that we're doing this thing right. Because how many of us have done it that many times? Like we've been doing it through our lives, but you know, it's not like... I don't know anybody that just becomes an extremely experienced entrepreneur because it takes forever. People do like two or three businesses maybe in a lifetime, but that's like, you don't just hone the skill. Like this is a skill that's constantly being learned in most of us out there. If we are running a conscious business, if we're running um, a business that's about creating a solution that no, that doesn't exist in the world, um, then that means we're disruptors. And that means we're going to have to get comfortable making other people uncomfortable. Yep. And I think if you look at it in terms of, you know, sort of this metaphor of swimming against the current, like you really need to be adopting it at a slow pace because you're going to get really exhausted if you try to sprint, you know, you're going against the current. Like, I think it's such a good, like you're building yeah. up muscles, you know, so you want to find a pace that's more slow and comfortable and you want to build it right and you want to have the right sequence. And these are all things I talk about in my program, because if you try to be fast paced, if you try to be, you know, I'm going to, you know, create everything really fast and I'm going to make a million dollars and like, like, well, you're, 
not going to end up swimming against the current or you're going to be so exhausted that you're going to end up, you know, swimming with the current again out of sheer exhaustion. (laughs) And this is what I see constantly, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Like that constant swim without just pulling over to the swimming over and grabbing onto a float or the side of the pool like that, you're going to eventually exhaust yourself and then the business is going to drown. And that's what I think is so interesting about all the different topics that you and I speak to because so much, so much, so many of them are related to sustainability and cultivating um, longevity, that long game. Sustainability is a long game. And so much of what we see that's um, in the media or just kind of um, that perpet- is perpetuating the, the um, fast race and the overnight success and the kind of over-functioning entrepreneur that's addicted to busy. And that's not, that's not why I became an entrepreneur. I know it's not what you confided in me that you wanted to be as an entrepreneur. So I know like there's many of us that, yep, are seeking a different way of being with ourselves and in our business. Yes, I love it. So we're wrapping up today, but I just want to leave you with this. Honor your procrastination. Celebrate your procrastination. Give yourself permission to procrastinate. That's what we're going to wrap up with today. And I'm just going to add, be curious about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. I love it. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.